Hello, hello. Welcome to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of May 31, Memorial Day, 2010. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, healthcare marketing agency that puts on a podcast, joined over the transom by... Adam Meyer, design director <laughs> at Interval. Wasn't sure if I should jump in first this time or not. No more ladies first, apparently. Nope. <laughs> Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with at Interval. With Interval. Sorry, guys. I could tell you ahead of time like who I'm gonna who should Wait. answer first. I just like to kind of throw it out there and see what happens. It's more fun that way. <laughs> Let's see how long we can pause before one of us jumps dead, in. Dead air. Dead <laughs> air. That should be the name of our podcast. Dead air. Nice. There's a DJ on probably ninety three X, I think, called Dead Eric. I never put the two together until now. Well, that's a little different. Cute. Yes. Yeah, cute. If there's one <laughs> adjective I would have come up with that would have been the last one on the list (laughs) okay let's talk about something else that's cute we're kind of late to this conversation by the way because i think this conversation has been going on for see i can give you a good idea of how long uh almost a month and this conversation revolves around sarah baker who is a fake facebook persona that was developed by medseek which is, uh, I believe it's healthcare-focused, interactive web uh, type of company, technology company. I'd have to look up more about them. But what they did was they created this fake persona uh, to kind of demonstrate how uh, consumers and patients may interact using social media and the web with healthcare. And they're basically using her to kind of uh, there is a there is a product behind all of this that they're trying to promote, though I don't see that come out explicitly very often. Uh, <clears throat> primarily, it's posts from this fake Sarah Baker about things that might be happening uh, that would you know involve her health care of her and her kids, and then you know how does that relate to social media and all that kind of stuff. So what's interesting to me is uh, it's created somewhat of a firestorm. Uh, there are, and I don't know, uh, you guys can weigh here in a second about how much you've explored this, but there are people that are, uh, literally have their torches and pitchforks out, uh, you know, crusading against this, uh, very, you know, there's some really nasty comments on the page itself. Uh, a lot of folks think it's unethical. Uh, and it's clear by the way, when you go to this Facebook page, it says in the description, Sarah isn't a real person. She does represent healthcare consumers like you and me. Each of us has our own Sarah Baker story about healthcare experience. Share yours with us. So the goal is, you know, I think in the end to promote some of their products, but they're, in my opinion, using a very creative means to do that by trying to have a dialogue around this issue of Mm -hmm. uh, healthcare consumers and social media and the web. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, folks have their panties in a bunch. Let's just not mince words. (laughs) They do. (laughs) And yeah. so I guess there was wow. a, uh, I think it was the healthcare social media chat a few weeks ago where there was a huge uproar in that. Uh, and then there continues to be, uh, and we'll post some of these blog posts that are written. There are people that just are screaming mad. Uh, and there are comments on it, like I said. Uh, and so, you know, I just wonder what your guys' perspective is. Uh, and then I'll, maybe you can tell from the tone of my... <laughs> set up what mine is but what do you guys think of this you know a what they're doing and b maybe some of the backlash it's it's interesting um you know i haven't had much of a time to uh soak it up yet since i've just started 
kind of looking at it this morning, but Dang you know, it, fa- it falls into the camp for me, and I've probably said this before with things where it's, you know, this isn't something, this isn't something that anybody has to follow. It isn't something you even have to look at. Um, if it's something, if it's an experiment that you're interested in learning about or taking part in on some level, whether it's through comments or, or, or just, you know, following what's going on, then visit it, you know, bookmark it, like it on Facebook. Otherwise, you know, of course you're free to have your own opinion on it and, uh, voice it as you wish, but good grief, (laughs) you know, (laughs) take it easy. Yeah. People get really worked up over anything. Yeah. So do people feel that the unethical part is just that this fake person was created? I mean, is that where the issue lies? It's a number of different things. I don't think there's one um, maybe main argument necessarily. It's it's more that she's fake. Some people are upset right. that she's fake. Uh, but again, like I said, it's clear on there. So uh, they're not trying to mislead anybody. If if you are right. misled, you're kind of adult because it's absolutely clear <laughs> on here. So, I mean, you can't, like I always say, you can't legislate stupidity <laughs> or legislate for stupidity. So if if you're misled by this, then... You know, you've got your own issues. So I don't think it's really that people are being misled, uh, but it is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about, well, you know, this isn't authentic. And, you know, why are we hearing from this fake patient when all you're trying to do is, you know, sell a product, uh, which, you know, yeah, that's probably what's behind a lot of it. Though, again, when you read through her her wall and the post, <clears throat> uh, there's really not too much about their products in there. Well, and if people mm-hmm. have an issue with fake patients, we better eliminate seventy-five percent of healthcare <laughs> advertising that's out there. No, no more stock. No more stock photos ever. <laughs> no. uh. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I don't know, Jackie. I, I you know, I haven't taken a ton of time to read a lot of the negativity, um, but you right. know, some folks are just really up in arms. It's it's to Adam's point. It's kind of like. You know, my gosh, if you, it's okay if you don't like it. I, I certainly wouldn't tell people they have right. to like it. Or you can Just certainly have it. Yeah, and you can have an argument as to whether it's effective or not. Um, either way, you can have whatever opinion you want. I'm just not sure why people are taking such offense to it. Um, well, it would be, <clears throat> be interesting to see what um, Facebook's take is on this because I'm pretty sure if they're – well, yeah. I guess this, is, this isn't a necessarily a uh, – a personal page, even though it's a, a oh crap! I'm gonna sneeze. Hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Um, if you make a, a a page for yourself as an individual on Facebook, I believe their terms of service state that you ha- that it has to be. It has to be tied to a real identity. One page for a person. Mm-hmm. Um, being that this is not a page, this is a fan page. I think that probably makes it safe for them to do what they're doing. But. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I for a second there I thought maybe they're breaking the terms of service, but uh, they're probably they're probably in the clear with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. People have just comments on here: creepy, creepy. Um, having twins is easy when they don't really exist. This site confuses me. Again, <laughs> I I don't get it. I mean, I'm reading posts that are on there, so I don't mean to pick on people. I'm not giving their names. You can go figure it out if you want, but. Um, yeah, I, you know, interesting, but I guess, yeah, my opinion is, I think it's actually kind of clever. <clears throat> it's a creative way to, uh, you know, have a discussion around this this issue. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're trying to mislead people, so I don't quite see the uh, where the outrage comes from, but 
Well, yeah. I mean, if they were trying to mislead people, the uh, <clears throat> profile description underneath her photo wouldn't say is very first thing. Sarah isn't a real person. <laughs> <laughs> she does represent healthcare consumers like you and me. Each of us has our own Sarah Baker, in quotes, story about a healthcare experience. Share yours with us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. P- people need to calm down a little bit, I think. <laughs> Yep, they do. And, you know, to their credit, to MedSea's credit, they're letting all the negative posts sit there. So as we've talked <laughs> mm-hmm. about, if you're, you know, if yeah. they're going to go out and, and this is somewhat of an experiment, I would call it that. Uh, and they've got to be, they may not have realized it would have caused such a stir, but they're open to it and they're allowing it to happen uh, and responding the best they can, which is how you have to go about social media. So, uh, you know, I, I think kudos to them for at least trying something different, whether it works or not, that's arguable, right. but mm-hmm. um Anyway, yeah, sometimes, I don't know, it makes me feel like people have too much time in their hands. Maybe that's the deal. Oh, definitely. I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit on our opinions on this because I think there's some folks that might follow us that don't necessarily agree with our viewpoint, but that's the beauty. It's probably going to turn into another uh, Twitter fap fest type situation. You're going to get all these people who... who, who like the page simply so they can comment and link to their own crap. I mean, we'll like, see what happens. Like us? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we haven't done that <laughs> yet. No, not yet. I'm just I'm just looking at like the most the latest post has got um you know somebody somebody posted a, a constructive comment after it and followed up with citing their uh, their um well, where they got the information from. Mm-hmm. But that just made me think, oh man, the fact that that person's photo is like a looks like a logo makes me think, oh, pretty soon this is going to be nothing but. Logo is responding with <clears throat> links to their own blog posts and no constructive conversation whatsoever. But time will tell. I guess we'll see if that happens or not. Yep. Okay. So let's move on to the next topic, which is uh, this was something that you found, Jackie. And I'm trying to think the original. I did. You did. And I'm trying to think where the original um, source was for this. But the, the end, the, the original, geez, I can't speak at all. The actual source is a Wall Street Journal article, but somebody had kind of forwarded it through their blog, I think. Right. Yep. I think uh, Health Leaders actually was Health what Leaders it was on. Media. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and this is a story uh, that was just published a couple of days ago. And the title is Using Web to Curb Waiting Room Times. And what it's about is a new uh, application called MedWait Time. And what that does is it allows patients to check before their appointment whether their doctor is running late, akin to getting a flight status update before going to the airport. So basically, anytime starting two hours before your appointment, you can check this software, and it will let you know if your appointment is on time or whether your doctor is running late for whatever reason, which gives you the flexibility of saying, well, if he's going to be a half hour late, then I'm going to show up you know, appropriately and not mm-hmm. wait any longer. Uh, so I, you know, I have a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, I, I like the concept a lot. And I love that when I'm flying because, it, you know, obviously you don't want to show up in an airport and then find out, you know, it's a two-hour delay. It could have saved you two hours of your life mm-hmm. not spending the airport. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think I like the intent behind it. There are some concerns, but what do you guys think of that, that pr- product? I would have to dig into the story more to have a you real... Didn't, uh... You didn't do your homework is what you're saying. You just admitted that. You just, got called out, you just got called out in front of the class. <laughs> hey, I just, hey, I just got the uh, agenda like half hour ago. <laughs> what are you talking about? We do our agenda days in advance, and we've yeah. we spent hours planning. Research. 
Well, uh, it looks like it's a pretty short article. It's like four sentences long, isn't it? Or is mm-hmm. there something beyond that? No, no, it's longer than that. I, it, I mean, that's pretty much the essence of it, and there's more right. to it. But, um, you know, I, I think, think it's cool. I have yeah. to subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. You have to subscribe to even be able to read the damn story. Oh, really? Yeah, you must be oh, a subscriber. I am a subscriber. Oh, so when I me. click through when I click through the link, it just gave it to me. So uh, you may not be able to access the story, but I think if you go to the, we can provide the Health Leaders Media link, which provides mm-hmm. a synopsis as well. Um, here's here's my thinking on it. Uh, I think I think it's great to provide that information. Uh, I think that's very patient focused, and most people would find that uh, a great service that their physician could provide or the hospital could provide. The danger is what I, I'm, I'm kind of usurping the term from the financial world, which is moral hazard, which means specifically uh, when you set up fail safes for things, uh, it often encourages the behavior that leads to that fail safe. So, for example, mm-hmm. the whole yeah, too true. big to fail argument, right? Uh, which you guys have, everybody's heard about, where the, these banks like Citibank or J.P. Morgan or whatever get so big that there's an assumption that if they failed, the government would uh, back them up. So if right. you invested in them, you had your money with them or whatever. Well, not even just an assumption. Well, that's <laughs> the that's the problem. Clearly seen. That's the problem is that people assume that, and then the banks know that, and they're like, "Well, we can take whatever risk we want and make gobs of money because when we fail, the government will." bail us out, which is exactly right. what happened. So mm-hmm. it encourages having that, which seems like a smart idea. Let's make sure we can bail these folks out so that we don't have financial ruin in the Great Depression too, actually encourages the behavior that leads to the bailout. It's kind of a vicious <clears throat> cycle. So is there moral hazard in uh, having the service in a physician's office where the physicians know it and say, well, you know, people, people know now we're going to be late, so I'm going to relax about trying to stay on time. I'm yeah. not going to worry so much about pushing myself or my staff to meet our obligations because, hey, we'll let them know that we're going to be late. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think it's possible. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's, it, sounds, it sounds useful, but yeah, that certainly is a, is a fear. It's like, which but, is the worst of two evils, kind of, I suppose. Well, it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of like that thing we talked about before, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center that had that, um, <clears throat> like, it wasn't 911, but it was an in-hospital 911, where if you weren't getting service from your call button, you would call this number, which would reach some central place within the hospital, where they would alert the staff that somebody in room 42 is trying to get a nurse. And mm-hmm. you're like, why do you have to have a... <laughs> a separate phone line for that. I mean, why do you have a backup system for your right? A, a perfectly functional system that exists. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem wasn't the system, right? The problem was people not doing their jobs, right? Responding to it. And so they were thinking, well, maybe this will cause, you know, it will let it will force the staffs to snap too, because they know that this could be reported to a central source. Um, and maybe there's not moral hazard in that, but there could be, there could mm-hmm. be, well, I, you know, now there's two ways for them to, to respond, you know, ask for help. So I'm going to relax when they do the first one, uh, because if they really need me, they'll call the second one. I don't know. Right. I doubt that's the case. My guess is if you are the nurse uh, in charge of a floor and you're getting calls to that 911 number, that's not a pretty picture for you. So you're probably trying to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, yeah that's true. 
But anyway, it, I think it's a, I think, you know, I'm not trying to be negative here. I think for the most part, this is positive <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's just providing a better service to patients. So I, I think it's a good deal. It'll be interesting to see how many people adopt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So let's see what the pricing is. Uh, they have spent more than $200,000 developing and testing the software. They plan to charge $50 a month per doctor and $300 a month for each hospital department that uses. That's pretty darn cheap. Good gravy. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's a deal and a half. Yeah, must not. <laughs> it well, is. Must be, a, must be a fairly straightforward system. I wonder if it has needs somehow needs to integrate into your existing scheduling system somehow. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And they're they're hoping to offer an iPhone. Uh, clearly, you'd want to have mobile, a mobile aspect to that because that's you know. Oh, it's that just that like would be yeah. That would be essential. I was going to say that earlier. I mean, you that's. That's how you would check. I mean, I would probably, I would probably end up checking on my way to the facility rather than right. checking <laughs> while I'm sitting at home before I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to your question, Adam, the article says that one of the challenges is that the system is not automated. Office staff must manually update the waiting time information that patients see. Well, so, that'd be easy enough to create your own system in that case. I mean, if you have to manually update something. Right. The last thing, I mean, unless they're, yeah, I mean, they're going to have, you're going to have to sell that cheap because that is extraordinarily easy to create on your own. Right. Because now the, the onus isn't on the software, it's on the people, yeah. right. which is going to make it really sketchy. Right. That's going to be a real downfall of it because if you're running late, you're going to take time to punch in numbers every, you know, and how often are you going to do it? Every 10 minutes, every 15 minutes. Right. So right. yeah, that's, um. That's the tricky part. So we'll see yeah. how that works out. But at and least they're probably, trying. You're probably mm-hmm. relying on the people who aren't answering the uh, room call lights to uh, update the system. <laughs> now you need a you need a third line for people to call in. Okay. So cool story. Thank you, Jackie. Sure. All right. Let's introduce a new segment. I love introducing new segments like every other week because we've got like 45 now that we've never repeated. <laughs> that we never reuse. Right. We never reuse them. But we'll, it's all right. Uh, we'll call this one the Leadership Rebuttal of the Week. Leadership Rebuttal of the Week. I have no idea what music Adam Jeez, can I need to come up with something for, <laughs> for that. <laughs> okay, so this is, I heard this again this week, so it made me think of it. Uh, and, you know, we don't hear this every day, but I would say we hear this a mm, few times a year. Uh, and it comes from hospital leadership, usually a CEO or CFO. And, it go, and it's basically some version of we don't get paid for that. And it's a response. It's a challenge to a marketer who is trying to convince leadership to invest in something. And we used to hear this all the time related to investing in patient experience. So a marketer might say, you know, we need to do this or that. We need to improve our uh, service. We need to do this. And the leadership might say, well, we don't get paid for that. Why should we spend money on it? Uh, I think that's changing. I think leadership is recognizing the power of the patient experience, uh, but it wasn't too long ago, and this is in this market, I won't give away the organization or the name, where there was a major expansion going on, and the CFO, the CFO of the organization um, was heard to say in the planning stages when they were trying to map out, well, what are we going to put in these patient rooms? Are we going to put you know, flat screen TVs? Are we going to have you know, nice bedding? And he was basically, why are we investing any money in a better patient room we could stick these folks in the hall and get paid the same wow (laughs) which is true you know actually it is true pretty short-sighted right 
So yeah. now, now we hear this. Um, we've been hearing it because we've been champions of hospitals trying to build their brands around wellness and health. Uh, and so trying to go out there, we, we believe in that strongly because we think it's a relevant topic that the vast majority of people in your market care about. And mm-hmm. if you're out there harping about your Da Vinci robot, if you're harping about your new doctors, if you're harping about your expansions, you know, the majority of people don't give a hoot about that stuff. It's not relevant to them. Uh, that's the Joe public doesn't care argument. So wellness and health is something that most people do care about. And if you can establish a foothold there, yeah. then they're going to listen to you. They're more likely to engage you. And, you know, this will bring revenue down the line. That's the whole point. You're <clears throat> investing in something that pays off down the road, mm-hmm. right? But the argument comes back, why should we spend money, you know, building content on a website or promoting messages related to wellness? We don't get paid for that, meaning we don't get reimbursed for keeping people healthy. Right. Right, which is right. true, uh, but this isn't about getting paid today. It's about building a brand which helps you get paid tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Right. So the tip, the rebuttal would be, and I and and this just dawned on me this week, so maybe we can come up with some other examples. The, you know, that kind of response would be like the CEO of Starbucks way back when going, you know, we want to build this into a, you know, a terrific business, but why should we invest in training our baristas to be, you know, friendly and understanding coffee? Why should we buy furniture that's more comfortable? Why should we pipe in music that's compelling to people? You know, that's not how we get paid. We get paid when people buy our coffee. And when you hear that stated that way, it sounds ridiculous. At least it does to me, right? It's a good example. Yeah, I mean, it's a good example of hospitals. Really, you know, we we talk about this time and time again that hospitals should be allowed to be run like businesses. It's a great example of a hospital not running itself like a business, not running itself like a business in a a free market society. Yeah. I mean, you have competitors. You need to be better than your competitors. And part of that is it means you need to offer a, a remarkable experience. Period. I mean, you can't, there's no, there's no arguing with that. Right. Right. And when it comes to wellness and and trying to build a brand around that, you know, if you can get out there and establish yourself as the hospital or system in your market, that is the resource for that and and offers engaging content and engaging services and Mm -hmm. experiences related to health and wellness, that will also differentiate you. Definitely. You're not getting paid for that for the most part, in other words, reimbursed. But this is an investment so that you grab people. Because, if again, you're promoting DaVinci Robot, most people aren't going to listen to you in the first place. So, mm-hmm. Right. People, yeah, and again, something we've said time and time again is people are going to listen to their, their friends, their family, their, their peers. You know, when, they, when they talk about the experience they've had, that's when they're going to listen to how, how great of an uh, operation you're running over there. Right. When you talk about it, who, who's going to believe you? <laughs> you know, who cares? Nobody wants to hear it. Right. So anyway, that you might want to, if you run into that obstacle, try throwing out the Starbucks. You know, just it, Starbucks is almost cliche. It is not almost cliche. It is cliche when it comes to branding. I mean, we use it all the time. Everybody uses it. Starbucks has suffered um, during the downturn and... So now people are saying, well, their brand sucks. No, that's not the case. It's, they actually diluted their own brand, as we've talked about before. 
by offering things like drive through windows, which sounds like, hey, what a great way to increase and business. Prepackaged coffee, right? Or like, or it's like the coffee mix, like instant coffee mix, or something like instant that. Instant coffee, that's what it was. Yeah, that's like the antithesis. exact opposite, the antithesis of what Starbucks <laughs> is supposed to be. Yes. So, but there, I'm sure there are other examples. I just didn't come up with any this week. But if people have others where, you know, people invest in a brand, um, they're spending money in ways that they're not getting paid for directly, but it supports the product they are getting paid for and it allows them to be differentiated and connect in a stronger way with mm-hmm. their audiences. I mean, it seems so obvious, but I mean, when people throw out, we don't get paid for that, you want to just want to go, well, you know, good gravy. You know, is that, does that mean you're never going to repaint the walls in your hospital because you don't get paid for that? And, you know, come on, some of it's pretty obvious, but wellness is something that we've been on uh, the bandwagon for for the last year or two and really trying to move organizations in that direction. So that's a, that's an obstacle that comes up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all we have. Look at that. I think we're, uh, Bummer. we're on time. <laughs> That's fascinating when we're on time. Yeah, we're like a we got a few minutes to spare even, I think. Yeah. We Uh-oh. should just cut it off there and save people that three minutes. Of agony. <laughs> they would appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. So let's sign off till next week. This is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritaco. <laughs> Adam Meyer. For healthcare marketing insights, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us.